When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What is up, Bucks fans? I'm Kaylee Mizell. This is Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. I am here with Casey. Casey, say hello. Oh, hello, guys. Hello, hello, Bucks fans, football fans, Jolly Rogers fans. Happy it was a everyone. little bit of a rough Saturday night for the Bucks and anyone who was trying to enjoy their <laughs> Saturday night. Uh, Casey, we've got a lot to get into. I think that we should start talking about the game from mm-hmm. the offensive standpoint. And Casey, I have a lot of thoughts on the offense. Yeah. There was the good thing about the, this game that was so hard to watch is that there was a lot to process and analyze and learn from. So let's from. I like that. (laughs) Um, So I think that we got to see the bucks against a tougher opponent, Mm -hmm. uh, more stout defensively with the Titans facing them. Um, their head coach is a little bit more aggressive. They, you know, went for it on fourth down a few times. That's getting into maybe uh, a, a few other topics that we'll talk about in terms of the defense. But the offense, they struggled a little bit at first, at least when when Trask took over. But in general, too, I mean, yeah. it, it took them to let's see, almost to the end of the first half to even get a third down completion. Mm-hmm. It, it, there, it, I don't know. It just felt frustrating because there were times where the offense and Trask seemed on it. And it's like, this right. is, this is what we want to see. We're headed in the right direction. And then all of a sudden, uh, you have sacks and interceptions and, you know, the Titans getting points off of the interceptions. And it's like, what it, it, almost feels like a repeat of last week. And I don't know. Here's the thing, Casey. I don't know if Kyle Trask is fully to blame for it. I do think that he is young. I think that he's still getting these game reps. I mm-hmm. think that he's still learning and learning to make faster decisions. Absolutely. But there were times that the offensive line did not put him in a very good position mm-hmm. to make good decisions and to be real. Like, the, when he got sacked on second and 18, that, oh, to me, a little bit of that is on your O-line. Could he mm-hmm. have done something? Could he have scrambled? Could he have moved more? Sure. But he's kind of still getting used to getting his legs underneath him. The O-line, it, and I understand there's things going on at the O-line. Yeah. This is not, not the final O-line that's going to be in front of QB1 and Tom Brady, but there was some frustration and some disappointment looking at the way that they were able to block in front of their quarterback tonight. 
he, yeah. he just didn't have very much time and space. Um, but it took, I mean, it was just kind of a slow start for both teams mm-hmm. because at almost at the end of the first, the teams were combined over six on third downs over two on fourth downs and 56 yards. It just was a really slow moving kind of game took a while to get into. And I mean, even you look at the final score, it's not like anything fabulous happened. It it was, it was, there was one touchdown in the game. Everything else was just field goals. So it's not like this was like an incredibly well executed offensive game. Although Mm -hmm. Kyle Trask did have some really, really great meetups with Devin Tompkins. And Mm -hmm. we talked uh, on Friday's episode. And I said, he had a really good practice. He yes. had coming off a great Thursday, had like the catch of the day. And I told you, Casey, and I told you Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans that he was going to have a standout game. And I think that he really did put himself at least in the back of people's minds. I don't mm-hmm. know. Again, it is a crowded position. I don't know where that is going to leave him. We're going to get into that later in the episode. But you made everyone doubt putting you on the chopping block, in my opinion, with the performance that he had tonight. And Trask had some lasers to Tompkins, really liked the way that they started moving the ball in the second half, especially to start that third quarter. Really, really great to see. Um, and, And Bruce Arians had some really good things to say about Trask. He had high praises. He said that he's getting better. He's looking downfield more. Um, he's going to get better with game reps. And for the most part, doesn't make the same mistake twice. Although there were times tonight that it did seem like a replay of last week. But he did have, I think, some really great moments, especially mm-hmm. in the second half. Um but then you get sacked, you fumbled, you get it back. But and now there's a fourth and thirty-one. It it it, it just it just they did not always put themselves in position to be the power off powerful offense that we know that they will be during the regular season. And so I think if you're watching the Bucks and you know what they can be, this game was probably frustrating to watch because it wasn't that. Yeah. Well, and like you said, not. Basically, the way you described it and the way that I interpret it and watching the game myself is that it was just a very inconsistent game. Um, from an evaluation point, though, a lot of big learning curves. I appreciate the competition that, that the Titans brought to the Bucks because there was things that they can learn now. They can apply to the season and, and monumental moments early versus, you know, waiting weeks into the season to get there. So, for one, I definitely agree. Trask did build off of last week's performance. I think he had a little bit more confidence to him. He already played a composed game last week, but I think he even, you know, up to the ante on his composure, on his leadership. I was looking at his conversations when they got into certain huddles and stuff. Um, there was definitely a lot of instances where it wasn't on Trask. It was the receiver, the big throw to Scotty Miller. And I know a lot of people on Twitter were like, Scotty's got to catch that. You know, I'm a big Scotty fan, but yeah, Scotty has to catch that. He put it right on point for me. Um, then there was another one to Jalen Darden, and it looked like Darden almost misread his cue on the route for a second, tried to make up for it. There's three Titans jerseys around him, and that could have been a big uh-oh. The one thing I will say, and this comes with development of a young quarterback, is that there were certain circumstances where he kind of threw into double, almost triple coverage. 
probably not a decision that you want to make regardless of what your O-line is doing. Cause there was moments where the O-line kind of gave him plenty of time and he still took too much time, if you will, but that's development of the playbook and that's getting more confident of making a decision in split decision. So I was happy to see more from Trask. He's got a good arm. His accuracy is really getting up there. Somebody who wasn't on the Trask train beforehand is, is getting a little bit more excited about the guys, seeing a lot more potential. Yes, I walked the plank as an apology uh, last week. So what I will say is that I feel like he built off of his performance from last week. Um, no, I wouldn't say I'm a full trash fan yet. Let's, let's just chill guys, but I'm getting there. I'm giving credit where credit's due. And that's a huge first step, right? Acknowledgement. So some great throws by Trask, um, some, you know, ill-advised as, as people would say, throws by Trask. You don't want to take risk in, in double or triple coverage. And especially if you're going up against another team's twos and threes, like if you're going against starters, those you just gave away the game. Those were multiple turnovers right there. So those are circumstances that I'm not too high on, but I'm sure once he gets in the film and the playbook, he'll make a different decision next game. Uh, something that we kind of closed out the last segment with was keep an eye on how much Blaine Gabbert plays. And I really was excited about the fact that Gabbert played less. Trask came in towards the, you know, two thirds of the way of the first quarter versus just coming in in the second quarter. But the offense as a whole were very very unprogressive. Um, they didn't collect many first downs at all, which means they were making no leeway. And more importantly, for a guy who had uh, 33 completions, attempts to completions for Trask last game, he had 11 attempts to 24 completions this game. So just a completely reduced production rate. And your top runner of the game became Keyshawn Vaughn with 10 carries, 54 yards. Lenny, who just opened up the game for fun, five carries for 20 yards. And receiving-wise, it's Devin Tompkins leading the charts with two receptions for 38 yards. Those are terrible numbers, which also yeah. explains the fact that they never made it into the end zone. So <laughs> that's definitely not something you want to see game two. No. You want to see them you know, build off of something in one way or another. You want to see more touchdowns for sure. I mean, it was a bit of a snooze fest in the fact that they just couldn't move the ball, move the chains in any way or another. But what I did like to see, not that I liked it, but what I could appreciate in, in terms of supporting Trask is that there was definitely things where the wide receivers were coming up short. Geiger did not have a great game. And was he was somebody say, that did yeah. so well before. You know, you would expect to see more out of him. I thought he was going to build off the previous performance, and he just didn't. He wasn't impressive today. He had a few missed opportunities. You mentioned a few other guys in the whiteout spot. Missed opportunities. Kind of mm -hmm. just it, not really lining up. Not I'm not saying lining up structure-wise. But what I'm saying is like it didn't seem like the connection was there or that it was just yeah. a missed opportunity. There was something missing. There was no spark. Um, but, they were just kind of going through the motions on a lot yeah, of plays. Yeah, and Kaylin Geiger, I, he was a name that I actually wrote down and said some missed opportunities there tonight, and and mm -hmm. you don't want to see that. Something that uh, we will continue to monitor and keep you guys updated on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, um, and and something that you never want to see is Aaron Steiny getting carted off. Um, mm -hmm. He was. He wasn't bending his left leg. He wasn't really putting any weight on it. Um, some speculation on on whether it could be knee, MCL. ankle, MCL. Um, mm -hmm. And he's been competing for the starting left guard job. And so seeing him go down is a big, big bummer 
for yeah, and you saw the, all the first base that was oh, just so yeah. heartbreaking and, it, to and, and his teammates too too yeah and to kind of like break down that play unfortunately it was Keyshawn Vaughn on the run and run ran into Stinney's left leg and you saw the left leg bend inwards I mean you can see the replay on it by now YouTube but definitely all over Twitter so the bend didn't look good um they are kind of like racking it up to a left knee injury and it is unfortunate because he's been putting in work at that left guard spot he got a lot more respect placed on his name this training camp and you know there was an expectation that he would fulfill a little bit of a larger role heading into this season and I'm sure he felt that as a player from the growth that he made from last season to this season there's people that really support Sinny in that left guard role so uh, definitely prayers for him and that it's hopefully nothing too severe. This O-line is just taking such a hit because earlier in the week, joint practices, you've got Tristan Wirfs, you're all all pro, all star, all the good things that you could possibly say about this kid, um, you know, have a core injury and that could put him out for a few weeks, hopefully no more than a month. But, you know, there's a big opening game in Dallas coming up on September 11th and health was an issue last season. And it just kind of feels like they're not catching too much of a break at this moment, but I, it could be worse. And thankfully, hopefully it doesn't get to that, that worst point. Um, and it is a long season, so mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect from the get-go. Um, so, you did nail the Devin Tompkins thing being a standout, though. I was, I was I impressed thought, with myself with that. Right. And him. And him. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Kaylee on the call. But yeah, my who I thought was going to have a, a game was Jared Stearns, and he was silent. I think I heard Stearns' name only in the second half for just a couple plays towards the end there, and mostly in the fourth quarter. And this is a kid that I thought was going to get a lot more reps and a lot more, you know, of a look this game because he's the one who really held whatever little bit of dignity the Bucks had in game preseason game one. You know, it was it was connections with Stearns that kept it there. So I was surprised to not see that, um, but I think in terms of circling back to the learning the learning curve on their end, the learning from the evaluation point on our end is that some people who may not make this roster became a little bit more apparent tonight. Some yep. people who need to develop a little bit more in the playbook became more apparent tonight. So there was things that stood out that start helping us formulate what this season's going to look like. And in terms of the offensive line, Nick Leverett was taking some of those center snaps, but he's also somebody that, you know, is very versatile and they're working up and down the line. And I guess a bonus or a positive point in all of this with what the O-line is going through right now is Bruce Arians, Jason Light, the coaching staff, and I know Bruce Arians isn't a head coach anymore, but he's who really called in and developed the majority of this line. They've always been very selective of guys who are very versatile. You know, if you look at these guys' backgrounds, some of them were playing center in college, and then they end up moving out to tackle. Um, obviously, there's certain guys that tackle that can't move into center because they're way too tall, but there's always guys that have so many different abilities under their belt to move up and down the line. And so I'm, I'm going to trust that process and just kind of hope that, you know, the guys, the next man up mentality is going to be in favor of the Bucks, And at least, at least of now, there was some good news. Bruce Arians said to reporters while the game was going on that he has no doubt in his mind that Tom Brady will be back. There was no hesitation. It didn't seem like he was looking for the perfect line. I mean, his no, delivery no hesitation really put at people all. at ease. Yeah. I, yeah. So I think I said the exact <laughs> quote was, not in the slightest. And they asked him, do you have any doubt? He said, not in the slightest. And mm -hmm. then Casey, on top of that, he said of Tom Brady, he looks better right now than I've ever seen him look. Mm -hmm. This is Tom Brady at what? 45 years old. Yep. I mean, the fact that Bruce and I don't, Bruce Arians isn't a guy that's just going to like 
talk to talk. Like he means that he said it. He means it. And he's also been referred to as like the QB whisperer. So he's going to have such an about like a high evaluation of, of quarterbacks and where they need to develop, where they need to pick up, what they need to change and so on and so forth. So I love the fact that there was no hesitation in that answer, that response. And they were in the middle of a fluid conversation. So it's not like it was a thing that I think that he was just prepared to answer maybe in general, because it's one of the topics going around right now, like crazy, but that was nice to hear. And you know, all that to kind of say when you got a guy like Tom Brady in the pocket, you're the beauty of it. The perk um, is that he's got one of the quickest releases in the game. He's got such control, such a demeanor back there. And that's what makes him one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So he doesn't particularly need a pocket where he has all day to evaluate. He just needs enough protection to protect a 45 year old body, in my opinion. So, you know, still a lot of bright spots to all of this. And the good news is that we still very much look forward to Tom Brady, you know, resuming his role with the team here. So good strides from Trask development off of last game, which is what you want to see, even though this offense did not move much, but it wasn't all on his shoulders. Um, I will say there was a panicked moment there, that whole fumble with Rashad white, when he pitched off the ball, like hot potato, it was almost like he thought he was going to run for a second. Then he realized he had no space. And then he last minute, like pitches it off. And then Rashad white has all these Titan jerseys on him. And it was just this really like flagrant moment. And I'm like, that's one of those things that he'll learn with time. That's, yeah. that's more of where you, you get a better veteran call reps. than exactly. Yep. So I'm interested to see how preseason game three is going to unfold for Trask. But I think we agree that, um, offense that we're not going to hot TB. Yeah. Offense didn't look too hot. Uh, I've got two other bright notes. You kind of mentioned it already, but did like Keyshawn Vaughn did like mm-hmm. what we saw from him and definitely think that he's putting himself in a really good spot as, the number two maybe they like them they like them a lot they do Mm -hmm. uh second ryan suck up look at you yeah two yards two yards short of his career long he showed he still got it so yeah i think that maybe um, again we'll see how it plays out but maybe he has reinstated some trust uh from the bucks coaching staff back into him and maybe even some confidence in himself that he can do this and that maybe mm-hmm. he will be the guy. Maybe it maybe they're gonna go with strong and steady over over uh, Mr. Jose Borregales, who has a lot of upside but didn't have the consistency and who we had to uh to give the boot to last week on walk the plank. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, I think we've gone through the offense pretty good. Do you have any last notes on offense? No, I think you did the final touches, which puts us on the perfect pivot for the defense. Defense. Love a good. That's that's kind of what really got me into football is defense. And linebacker was my favorite position because they hit hard. And then you realize that after the fact, all those hard hits are probably not so fortunate. So um, on to the defense who had, I would say, a little bit more of a bedazzling performance than the yes. offense. Um, Because a lot of that, you know, inability on both ends in the beginning of the game the Bucks defense was contributing to stalling out and stopping Titans offense. Now, what I will say that I did enjoy from just a pure appreciator of the sport perspective is that them, the Bucks defense going up against not only a rookie quarterback, but a guy who uses his legs a lot. He's very shifty. Um, you know, he does make risky throws and they end up paying off in some, in, in some situations. That was a great test for them. That's where I loved to see who stepped up from a football IQ perspective, who really stepped into the learning curve, like leaned into that discomfort on the field. And so 
what I appreciated is that there was a lot of pressure being applied by the Bucks defense. You saw some good things. You saw some, okay, they still need to work on tackling. That's probably the biggest takeaway that I would have is you got to wrap up boys. You can't come out of last season, go head into this season, still unable to tackle and whiffing on tackles. that should be made when you're just like beelining towards your target. And then all of a sudden it's just not there. So I think defense had a better day than offense. If I had to pick, um, there were some guys that ended up standing out, you know, the, there's still some competition on the defensive side of the ball, almost equivalent to the heat coming from the offense between O-line stuff and wide receiver. You got Grant Stewart, who's out with an injury. And unfortunately for Grant Stewart, it was, um, I want to say his name correctly, Fadukazi that had a great game, nine tackles, one and a half sacks. And Fadukazi has more of a realistic linebacker build. And he's not somebody who would end up being limited to a one-dimensional role of being, quote-unquote, a special teams guy. I think Grant Stewart is awesome. I think he's got a great motor on him. I think he does really well for this team. He's a huge impact player when it comes to special teams, but he his name only really circulates in terms of special teams. That's where he gains the most respect. So Fadu Kazi coming in and having a great game in lieu of him being injured, that can be a bit of an issue. Now, do I think it's going to end up replacing him? No. Special teams comes in in very crucial moments, and sometimes they end up being your all-star unit in a game. And Grant Stewart has very much earned his right to be on this roster, but you know, Fadu Kazi having a game could really push some evaluation on some other guys. I think Russell was a little sloppy here and there, very inconsistent. He had some moments where he contributed, but other than that, it was just like there were some mental errors that I feel like I saw out of him. There's some film that I'd love to go back and watch. Um, I think the most important topic here, though, is Joe Tryon Shoyenka. Yeah. You finally got to see number nine suit up. Number as a, nine. As a starter. As a starter. That was announced, you know, Couple, a little bit before the game and the excitement around it, knowing that this guy is supposed to be, you know, the new JPP, not the new as in any replication of game, but he's obviously taking those one reps and he was hindered from having those reps because JPP was on the roster last year. But I think JTS did awesome. He had one sack that he really should have had and sack Barrett mentioned after the game or during the game that you know he was already beating himself up on the sideline for not having that sack but still the pressure he was applying you really saw his athleticism his explosiveness you saw that he is making better reads out there you saw a little bit more confidence in terms of him knowing what he's doing and positioning himself well um so i really liked seeing jts and stepping more into that role that we all know that he's going to succeed in this season yeah he had three tackles and I, I mean, retweet everything you just said. Really, really good to see. He was my first note. I said, the Bucks defense looks good. Number nine. Like, mm -hmm. he, he stood out from the get-go as somebody who was giving it his all, really putting, making use of those reps. And Casey, it's something that you and I have talked about continually is like, that's what this preseason is for. It is for showing off, putting in the work, showing what you can do. And he more than did mm -hmm. that. Uh, I think that it, it, you said that you were excited to see him. I think that a lot of people are going to be very excited to see what he continue to, can continue to do. I'm excited to see him build off of it. Um, Dee Delaney also had some some pretty good breakups in the second quarter. What did yeah, you moments. think? Uh, yeah, a few, a few. <laughs> Just like I'm like, oh, okay, there's yeah, there there was some inconsistency. In other areas of the defense, 
But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I agree with you though on wrapping guys up because there were a lot of times where I felt like this defense got out in front and they were doing such a good job. But bringing then, the pressure and then yes, and then it was like up? <laughs> no, no. And again, you do have a quarterback that again you you made the great caveat at the beginning. He's got legs. He knows how to move in space. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna have quarterback quarterbacks like that in this league, and you have to know how to wrap them up. You have to know how to get the sack. You have to know how to make them do something. Whether it's getting at the ball, getting the sack, you have to do something. And there mm-hmm. were times where. You loved the pressure. The pressure was so great, but then it just like there was no finish. And you Lost want team. you want to finish. Like you mm-hmm. have to finish. So I think that's my biggest, like the only critique that I would say, like, ugh, maybe just yeah, finish a little bit better. But I also wanted to throw it your way. What did you think of uh what did you think of our new guy? Our new guy slash old guy, Carl. The old flame. I yeah. okay, so I've 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 heard two sides of, of criticism, but here's the thing. Guys, he flew out to Nashville. He's he does remember the scheme. He said he remembers a lot of the scheme, but in the same sense, getting back into the flow of it physically takes time. Totally. I wasn't expecting him to have as many reps tonight as he did. So in order for him to come out on the field take the reps that he took and apply the pressure that he applied. I think he did very well. He had this massive almost sack and I know fans were not the big, the biggest fan of almost, but it does matter for a guy who's now getting recalibrated with a playbook that he was in previously. He had an almost sack in the second quarter and he just had trouble wrapping up Willis a, because he's very shifty guy. He basically stepped out of reach Nassib got one hand on him and just didn't have the, his body was already in full momentum and just didn't have the ability to wrap around the left side of his body to make the contact and land the sack to do that. <laughs> when you just joined the team a couple of days ago, what 72 hours ago is yeah. massive in my opinion. And the team is still so high up on him. Even Shaq Barrett was like, he's doing great. We're talking on the sidelines, picking each other's brains. This kid is six, seven, 275 pounds. And he's already, you know, pushed himself up to speed to, to have some impact plays. So I thought Carl Nassib did an awesome job. Uh, I agree. Considering the factors of all of it. He yeah. looked great coming off the edge. He applied some pressure. He does need to work on kind of his movement to break through the inside. Cause not, he's not always going to get those gaps, but once he finds his move and his rhythm in sync with the playbook and the scheme, I think Nassib's going to be a bit of an issue. And we actually chatted about this. The last show I said, Think about how how excitingly dangerous it's going to be to have a lengthy guy like Carl Nassib off one edge and Anthony Nelson off the other. And you saw a lot of that today. And Anthony Nelson had to drop back in coverage a couple times, used his length to gain on these guys to make the play. It's just the wrap up. It's the finish. Like you said, yeah. it's, it's it's that polish. So I was really I, I felt good about Carl's performance rejoining the team. And I love it all. Casey, like uh, this, I mean, you take away the one interception or, or, you know, that led to a touchdown, Mm -hmm. like the, the defense held this team to six points. You know what I mean? That's you're putting, if you've got like, if you're, if you've got Tom Brady back there, you're putting your team at a really, really great opportunity Mm -hmm. to win a football game. If you're only Mm -hmm. letting six points go by. So I, I, I mean, I think the defense, you said won the game I think hands down the defense did way really, better yeah than the offense today again and not something that they're both can build off of but the defense Definitely. really stood out in my mind 
And I love that you actually, you were asking me about D Delaney earlier when I was like, he was a little inconsistent. He had his <laughs> moments. What I did, what props I can give D Delaney is that we all know that, that uh, Todd Bowles is <laughs> the mastermind of loving the blitz. So it was second quarter, five-ish minutes, 505-ish minutes. And then you have these back-to-back plays of D Delaney coming off the edge, contributing to the blitz. And he actually did pretty well. He got in there. He couldn't freaking wrap the tackle. So <laughs> guys, you can't put all this momentum behind something. Look, you, the, the beauty has to last in, until the finish line of it. But it was interesting to see that. I think it was like almost three back-to-back plays of, of blitzing. And there was one moment where they had D Delaney coming off the edge. The inside opened up completely. And I couldn't see whose jersey number just came right up the middle on the blitz. But it was exciting because it was a well-executed play just needs the polishing of it. So, and I think we'd be remiss not to mention, especially with the competition that's taking place as a whole and roster cuts coming up, you know, D Delaney had his flashing moments, but it was Don Gardner that got the one interception of the day. And it's this defense goes into every practice and every game with a goal of getting a minimum of five interceptions. I want to know fans, is that a, is that a, is that a steep goal to have, or should that be, you know, a fair minimum that these guys should have to contribute to? So Garner walks away with the only interception of the day and Don Garner, once he got cleared to participate in training camp and, and be a part of this team has actually been building day by day to look to, to, to turn heads, to gain a look. And we were all surprised when Ross Cockrell got cut the other week. Well, Garner having a good game is going to, be an issue for some of these players. Uh, Rashad Robinson wasn't as sharp. I didn't really see much out of him. D Delaney was here and there, but Delaney was relied on on a few games last year. So that can kind of give him the upper hand in terms of the chopping block. So it's just really interesting to see who was able to step up with a good competitive game and atmosphere. And I think the defense aside from, you know, kind of winning the winning the day, if you will, quote unquote, um, created a lot more tough decisions down the line. I think they did too. And and when Todd Bowles was asked after the game, what was good tonight? I mean, that's what he, he pointed to the defense. He said the first group of defenders, the third down defense overall. So mm-hmm. I, I, he's, he's on the same page as us, Casey. We, yeah. We've gotten this lock. <laughs> Todd Bowles has confirmed what our thoughts were. You agree were. with Bowles. If Bowles agrees with you, then it's a shoe in. We're, exactly. we're killing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of moving into we talked about the game we talked about what could have what went wrong what they can build off of Mm -hmm. we mentioned a few players but I want to nail it down maybe one player per person who our key players are going into this season like who who do we think made their mark in this game that could be a standout player or or a player to watch for this season do you have your player? Do you want me to? Go I don't first? know if I can narrow it down to one. Okay, I'll start, can... and then and then and then if you can do it, if not, we'll give you some grace and we'll let you go too. I'm oh. gonna go with the guy that I've I've been talking about, and I know it is a crowded. I know it is a crowded wide receiver room, but I think Tompkins gives everybody something to think about, even if it is. Yeah on special teams because there was uh, to be honest that we didn't touch on this but there were a few times special teams in this game where I was like oh not yeah. not super great not great coverage not great <laughs> you know what I mean there, there were times where I was not 
overly impressed with the special teams. I mean, tight end Kate Otten ended up making the tackle on one of the special team plays. And I'm sitting there like, is anybody, is anybody, 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 oh, Kate Otten, thank you. Like, anybody going to make this tackle before he just finds the end zone? So you're right about that. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, there, there, I think, yeah, we didn't touch on it too much, but special teams definitely had some things to clean up. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I really liked what Tompkins was able to do. I think that he put himself in a place where people are really going to want to see more of him. They're going to ask questions. And I think that he, I think that he is, I don't know. I hope he gets a spot. I, I think that he will be a guy to watch. And I think that he put himself in a, in a good enough position to deserve a spot. I think if you look at what he's done so far, you look at what everybody else has done. I think he deserves a spot and I, I hope, he, I hope, agree. I hope he gets one. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, you, you already mentioned him last week as a standout player and I think he lived up to it. Um, but I remember I also threw the poll on Twitter and I was like, you know, if you had to choose between Tompkins Stearns and Jalen Darden, who do you choose? And it was like 41% Darden and 43% Tompkins. And nobody really paid any mind to <laughs> Stearns. And here I am like Stearns don't underestimate him. Cause I thought he was going to have this, you know, a, a breakout performance and he didn't. So all that to say that I think that fans and everybody else support what you're saying and, and they see it too. You know, Tompkins is getting more of, of a desirable look than Jalen Darden and some of the routes that Darden messed up today. And some of the coverage that he just was unable to detach himself from like Titans brought some sticky coverage today. And I think it was a great test for the bucks, but some of those smaller receivers were really pushed to the test and, you know, yeah, Trask was the quarterback and he's still developing and he made, you know, some great plays, some great throws, but also some questionable ones that he maybe should have been more reserved on. But I think it spoke more volumes to the wide receivers than it did to Trask. So Tompkins, I think, deserves a spot. I think that he's showing great development and, you know, special teams is a great place to really learn and start honing your craft and knowing what your role is going to be outside of special teams, but just getting that that extra time, those extra touches. And what I'm so sad about <laughs> is that when you finally were going to see Devin Tompkins on punt return, because I'm guys, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Jalen Darn on punt return. It's just it's not it for me. Kick return, punt return, any return. I'm just not a fan. And um, when you finally get him back there. There's this whole fluke. The ball snapped terribly. Then the punter goes running, locks in a first down for the Titans. Titans end up back in offensive possession. And then just, whoop, there you go. And I'm like, okay, I needed, I needed Devin Tompkins to just have a, a like a full throttle breakout throw there. So yeah, we need to redo on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So totally agreed there. Um, I would say my standouts were, Definitely Kyle Trask. I think he built off of last week's performance, even though the offense didn't make any of the leeway that they did last last week. Um, I had JTS. I had Carl Nassib, um, Fadu Kazi, and Garner. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I tried I so like, hard to narrow it down, but I couldn't. No, you're, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. I'm just laughing because I feel like I, I, I'm harder on Trask this week than you were. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I really wanted to see some, you know, some of the fumbles, some of the, the interception. I, there was the one interception before the halftime. I, I just wish he could have that back because yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't like that one, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think the guys you listed are, are, are the key players. Um, but now their work. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there oh, are going to no. be cuts. So it, they're at 85 right now. They have to be at 80 in the next 
three days. Yeah. What, this is where I know I could never be a coach. What five guys, Casey, <laughs> are you putting on the chopping block? So, you know, and obviously, as we know, it gets tighter. Even if people have had a great tra- training camp, you know, every rep counts. That's kind of the territory that we are in now. So in terms of of, of the chopping block, um, unfortunately, with Jareth Stearns having such a silent performance today, he didn't make a case for himself to stay on this team, even though he's had a lot of great plays and has been a contributing factor. But when you have to, you know, push comes to shove, he's somebody that can easily get ruled out. Um, I've never, okay, I've never been the biggest fan of Josh oh, Josh Wells, excuse me. He helps out on the offensive line. And there was after, I wish I would have marked out like Tam, Tam guys, words today. It's late (laughs) time stamped um, the play, but there was a, there was a play where the pocket completely like fumbled and well, completely like caved in. Everybody ended up getting pushed to the left side of the field. And um, I think trash just got pressured for time and didn't get off a pass. But after that play failed, you saw Nick Leverett having words with Josh Wales, not in a negative way, but just more in like a, you know, this is what you should have been doing kind of thing. And I feel like I spotted that a few times throughout the game. Um, Wells has been a part of the system for a minute now. He's had to step in in certain circumstances. He shouldn't be making many mental errors. And that's another big thing. Some of the amount of mental errors that took place really shouldn't have taken place. So I think Josh Wells can end up, you know, losing himself a job. Uh, Jareth Stearns. Uh, Geiger, I mean, it wasn't a good day to have a not good performance and, you know, not in a loaded room like the wide receivers. It's just too easy to kind of make a case to remove them. And uh, tight end Howland, J.J. Howland, um, there was there was a few plays where he was on the outside of the on the edge of the O-line and he needed to make a block to clear the way for Keyshawn Vaughn and just completely didn't make the gap completely closed. There was no gap there created. And that was his job assignment, but there were certain plays in training camp where you just kind of see him all over the place with assignments. He makes some great catches. He's got great size to him, but in terms of getting up to speed with what he needs to do, um, football smarts wise and situational football, I'm not seeing that out of him. So those are three people that I can really see kind of being like, you know, maybe practice squad, but not making, not getting waived versus released. Yeah. Yeah, I I have some of the same um that that you said specifically, you know, Geiger. I I, I just think that yeah, you can't you can't have some of those missed opportunities. Um, I I'm really interested to see because it's always it always it always is surprising who they do narrow it down to. So of course we will we will be talking about that this week on Jolly Rogers and oh, touchdowns. Yeah. If I had to pick five, I didn't even touch on defense. I would think that Rashad Robinson would end up getting cut. He didn't have a great game, in my opinion. Um, D. Delaney has always been back and forth. They've seen some good things out of Russell, but Andre Anthony closing out the game with a sack, and he had a sack in joint practice earlier this week, too. He may have bought himself some more time, so Russell might end up getting the boot. So if I had to pick, it might be Russell going, Robinson going, Wells going, Howland going, and Stearns going. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. You never, you never want to say goodbye, but sometimes you have to, we're getting close to saying goodbye to you guys. And that means walk the plank. So Casey, (laughs) I just put you on the hot seat so I can, I can take this one to start. Okay. Or walk the plank as you get yours ready. Um, It's not, there's a few possibilities, I think, for walk the plank. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, we can always make a case for for some plank walkers. 
Yeah. I can I. So we, we talked about walk the plank at the beginning and with Casey and I, and sometimes it's going to be a person, but sometimes it's going to be an idea mm-hmm. or a group of people. And I didn't touch on it too hard, but I did hint at it. And I'm going to go a little bit harder here, but I, I expected better of the special teams units. Mm. So oh. I kind of want them to walk the plank a little bit. Like, I don't fault you for that. Freshen up, like take a cold, like walk the (laughs) plank, you know, figure it out a little bit and then come back ready to execute because Uh that's what you didn't see. There wasn't, there wasn't a ton of execution. There definitely wasn't finishing it. There wasn't any urgency on special teams. It was frustrating to watch every time there. And again, in a game with not very much offense, you right. tended to see a lot of special teams and it was like underwhelming. Again? Are we doing this again? We're just going to so let it run halfway down the field. <laughs> cool. 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 Let so I'm going to say tackle. I'm going to be a little bit of a critic uh, <laughs> on this episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. And I'm going to say special teams, get it together, walk the plank Oof. for this week, but you can redeem yourself next week. That was a good one, actually. That's a really good one. Also, a very tough follow-up because now I'm kind of torn. Like, <laughs> does, do do I become even more critical and make defense walk the plank for not landing tackles tonight that they should have just really had in, in the palm of their hands, the, the pit of their forearms, their body? I just – I don't get it. That – one of the special team plays, I just – and like, of course, somebody was like, oh, well, Kate Otten played linebacker in high school. That's great for Kate Otten. But tight end Kate Otten should not be your last line of defense to make a tackle on a special teams play. Come on, guys. Wrap up. So I almost want to be critical enough to say the defense has got to walk the plank, even though they were the top, in my opinion, performers of, of the game. But, um, you know, I have this roster has so much potential. And when you see great potential, the only way to really get it out of them sometimes is to just force them to level up. So Bucks offense, I love you, but you guys got to walk the plank. You can't walk, walk into a game and get like negative first downs. Not that that happened, but close enough. And, um, you know, have 11 out of 24 for your quarterback, 105 yards total, one interception and, you know, no lead way for your running backs, your wide receivers, just nothing. These stats are quite pathetic. Very, and it's the Tennessee very. Titans, and they open up against Dallas and Kansas and the Packers and this long laundry list of teams that are really going to put them to the test. It wasn't cute, guys. Offense has got to walk the plank and live to see another day and hopefully hopefully, just completely turn this experience around. So, that's You know who doesn't walk the plank, though? You know who gets the, the I don't know, the treasure chest this week? Oh, who gets to go to the treasure chest? I think two people. Um, Bruce Arians really liked him on the broadcast. Really liked Just him. Just love him. Yeah, such so great. Uh, provided yeah. some really good analysis, insight, and he's just such a he's a great dude. Authentic guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. super authentic. And Bruce Arians, the way he answered these questions, the way he said what he said, has restored. Yes. My faith, not that it was ever really <laughs> lost in Tom Brady. Um, yeah. So Tom Brady, I'm excited. I mean, Bruce Arian saying that he's the best he's ever seen them. And the fact that we haven't really gotten a 
fantastic look at him yet. I mean, like mm-hmm. we saw some glimpse of glimpses of him in training camp right. at practice, but I mean, we haven't seen that much of him. And mm-hmm. so I am excited when TB12 gets back uh, in Tampa or back towards the Bucks, uh, which will <laughs> whatever his positioning may be. Hopefully be sometime this week. Uh, We will see and we will keep you guys updated again. Charlie Rogers and touchdowns. We will have some new episodes coming out this week. So keep following us. Um, But I, I, yeah, I think they go, they get to go to the treasure box because I'm excited. They have me a little bit. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. And I started this a little sleepy and they have, (laughs) they have made me excited to stay up and talk about football. Hope and fulfillment. That's definitely something that they brought to the table. But I felt the same thing. I just I I felt like a sigh of relief when I heard Bruce Arians say that and just, you know, his his whole demeanor with it was just nice. And, you know, at the end of the day, we both touched on this the other Friday's episode. You know, the vague response of after the Titans game could even as far as go as after the Colts game, you know, or right before the Colts game. That timeline is so open. Regardless, nobody seems to be panicking on the team. And don't worry, guys, we've made our jokes. We've tried to put other perspectives out there just in case. But today was a nice, peaceful night of just like a, oh, we should be looking forward to Tom Brady returning to this team. So I think I think B.A. always deserves the treasure chest. He's freaking Bruce Arians. He's He's just one of the coolest guys, men um, out there, mentors, quarterback whispered, somebody who's just made such a dent. And it was mentioned on the broadcast. Another reason why he gets the treasure chest. It was mentioned on the broadcast that we should be looking forward to Coach Bruce Arians being um, inducted into the Hall of Fame on October 2nd, I believe I saw. So that was just like a that was a great announcement that didn't really have much punch or energy behind it. But if anybody deserves it, it's B.A. That's that's a huge excitement. So great congratulations for him and anyone who's not a B.A. fan. Walk the plank. You got to love Bruce Arians. Yeah, if you don't support him, you got to walk it. So here. Yeah, that's that's game two. Yeah, we're moving along. Looking forward to one more game in the preseason before that great tough schedule opens up with more than likely Tom Brady in the pocket and these exciting lineup of of all star wide receivers and defensive players and everybody just really knowing their role and getting settled in. We're just getting so close to that regular season kickoff in Dallas. So let us know who you guys think needs to walk the plank. Let us know your thoughts on game two. Who is your standout player? Who is somebody that might be on the chopping block this week when that 80 man roster comes out in the next few days? Other than that, guys, be sure to follow us on social for all coverage, all the tweets, all the photos, all the updates, all the things I am Casey at the sports case K-A-S-E. I'm Kaylee Mizell, K-A-I-L-E-Y-M-I-Z-E-L-L-E. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. And we will catch you pretty soon. This is Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Bye.